from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Happy Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, everybody. Hope uh, if you have the day off, have some moments to reflect and enjoy your time as well and all that good stuff. For those of you uh, working like myself, it's a good weekend. It's a good weekend. I was ready to get back after it today. I was excited today. It all began with Florida State getting the win over the weekend in basketball. I want to start there because you know you think about the first go-around against Syracuse, a game that Florida State lost, and it was the second half in that game here at the TLC Double C that saw Florida State just not make critical plays uh, when the game was on the line. And they went through a long drought, and it, you saw Syracuse storm back, and uh, it, it just left a bad taste in your mouth. And at that time, if you think back to that result and where Florida State's at, you really had grown very concerned about what is or what is not possible for this basketball team. Now, we put our faith largely in uh, a coaching staff that has proven time and again that they'll get the most out of what they have and that they'll get they'll get to the – I mean, to me, they, they figure out what guys can and cannot do and then put them in positions to succeed. But in certain cases, if you're lacking personnel or you're lacking a, a player uh, of, the, of the stature that is Malik Osborne for this game, then you really wonder about what's possible. So you're having to find a way to win on the road, and you're going to have to do it without a senior sitter. He's your second leading scorer. I'm speaking of Malik Osborne. He's out, he's got the walking boot, he has the sprained ankle, and so your best player in the front court is gone, and you're just hoping, really, as we build towards halftime, the way I looked at it is keep it close. Keep the game close, and, you know, you're tied, you know, first five minutes of the game. Then Syracuse goes on the big run, I think it was 11-2, to two. next thing you know you're down 20-11, to 11. And you're really pretty concerned. You had the Matthew Cleveland dunk, but you missed two other shots. You committed two turnovers. But then you get the response. Naheem McLeod has a layup. Cameron Fletcher hits a tray. Next thing you know, it's 20 to 16. Eight minutes left in the half. You're like, there we go. But again, it's 10 points, 28 18, with five minutes left. And you're falling into the trap, standing out on the perimeter, passing the ball around. Rather than attacking in the paint, I asked the question last week, would we be able to attack in the paint, and would we learn the lessons of the previous matchup? But you crack the 2-3 zone, you score on seven of your final nine possessions of the half, you have three-pointers from Polite, Wilkes, Mills. Heads up, 
a compliment to Wyatt Wilkes. That's why you're there, my man. Catch and shoot. And the next thing you know, we're only down 37-36. And that comeback is really led by a great decision from the coaching staff. And that is to go to Harrison Prado, which you would never guess is the answer. You would never say, you know, how about we go to Harrison Prado and see if we can't get back in this thing? Like a strange thing to utter aloud. Why don't we go into the reserve walk-on bank and see if we can't help out here? But they knew what he had. They knew the uh, they 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 knew the skill set, right? He moves better defensively, so you don't get hurt on that end of the floor. And he sets up shop with the ACC logo. No other player in our sets had been doing that. He got a layup at 425 left, set a high ball screen a couple different times, and that meant that other players were available for kickout as he got the entry pass. And the next thing you knew, between that and playing good defense, moving better laterally, quicker than what we had with our seven-footers, Florida State kind of figured it out, right? Even they sent Prater to the bench, but guys saw, oh, that's that's what it is. That's That's how we have to set up our offense, get to that ACC logo. And somebody was in the middle of that Syracuse zone the rest of the game. So the second half, you come out. You've got some momentum there. It's 39-38. Good on you, Raekwon Evans. This is back-to-back quality games. It is amazing what confidence can do. You watch a guy who at points in his career showed that he was a plus player and at other points in his career, long stretches of his career, where he's not. He's a negative player. It's, It's killing you. And you begin to lose hope because you think, you suspect that that guy's lacking confidence. And if you don't have that, you don't have much. But then a big game at home with those free throws against Miami. And now maybe that's the catalyst because he goes on the road and he has a very, very good game. Uh, a couple of big moments, had three-point play with uh, in the second half that was huge. And the next thing you know, Florida State's put themselves in a position to win a road game, and, and they do. And it's uh, you think you think about the winning plays at the end of this game. I documented it the last time when I talked about the seniors taking over in big moments. You know, Syracuse cuts this to a one-point game. Wyatt Wilkes knocks down a clutch corner tray. That puts us up 72-68, 2.30 to play. I jotted this down in my notes. It's 72-71 with a minute left to play. We were out of position, oddly, in that key possession. That was strange. They had the shot clock violation there. There was just a lot of weirdness. I didn't think uh, all of a sudden it looked like we were doing the opposite of what we did at the Miami game. It looked like we kind of had lost composure there. But Jimmy Bayheim left his shot short. Uh, Raekwon grabs that board. They don't foul right away. He gets it out to Polite, who finds Cleveland. That's a dunk, 74-71. Syracuse turns it over. Evans intercepts the pass. Fouled. Converts the free throws. Suck at Syracuse. Rolling on Big River, baby. Final stats, Florida State shoots 54, almost 55% from the field. 12 of 20 from three. Cool 60%. 8 of 13 from free throws. Uh, 21 assists to only 10 turnovers, gang. Syracuse, meanwhile, again, we're starting to commit to the defensive end. They were 7 of 17 from beyond the arc, 47% from the field. FSU's three-point shooting, really the game, 
68 points on field goals versus just 55 points for the Orange on field goals combined with 12 Q's turnovers. Get you some. That's a 22-12 to 12 advantage in points off turnovers. We are committed on the defensive end again. 17-4 to 4 domination fast break points. Even though we get out-rebounded here, we're going to get out-rebounded a lot. We did have an 8-6 to six edge in second chance points, 32-28 margin of points in the paint, and with FSU using 11 players, all played at least 10 minutes, 7 for the Orange. I thought they got worn down. We dominated bench points, 29-4. to four. That's the old way of Florida State winning games. Caleb Mills bounces back from that poor showing against Miami, this time around 19 points, 6 of 9, career best 5 of 6 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 2 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals, and a block shot in 32 minutes. Have yourself a day, Caleb. Raquan Evans, again, second straight double-figure game, season high, 15 points, 5 of 9, 2 of 4 from beyond the arc, 3 boards, 5 assists, 2 steals. There you go, Raquan. Still not getting a ton out of Anthony Polite from a shooting standpoint. He did go 1 of 1 from 3, though, and did get, again, on the board, 7 boards. John Butler did not do much of anything in this game. Wyatt Wilkes, a factor here. I've been critical of you, Wyatt. Got to praise you when it's right. 11 points off the bench, 4 of 8 from the floor, 3 of 6 from beyond the arc. Also, 3 assists in this game. So there you go, Wyatt. Matthew Cleveland, uh, Cleveland efficient always, 4 of 5 from the field, had 3 thunderous dunks, did miss a bunch of free throws. Well, I say a bunch, was 1 of 4. Got to do better than that. But again, and then very quietly, sort of the guy of the game, Harrison Prado, 4 points, but unlocking the key off the bench, playing center for the final nine minutes of the game, setting up shot on that ACC logo. Beautiful, beautiful thing. So we got Duke tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, TLC, double C. It'll be on ESPN if you're not going to be out late and head over to the game. Hopefully this thing, oh, well, certainly this thing is a sellout. That is a late start. What are we doing? I don't think at 20 I would have complained about that, but I do now. I do now, 9 o'clock. Come on, man. Duke beat NC State. North Carolina beat Georgia Tech. Wake rallied to upset Virginia, by the way, at the JPJ. Virginia Tech rallied from 10 points down to pick up its first ACC win over Notre Dame. Good to see. Louisville has become completely listless. They get stomped by Pitt. Boston College beats Clemson at the Little John. Miami had a bye week, and that means... The updated standings read, Miami in first, Duke and Carolina, half game back, same number of losses in the uh, loss column, uh, one short win in the uh, win column. Florida State is one game back of first place, sit right now tied with Notre Dame for fourth place. It's a beautiful thing. And so with those losses and Florida State's recent run of success, we can now reinvest in the belief that the choo-choo is making an appearance and screw the ding-ding. There it is. Talk NFL football and the like in a bit. Jeff Cambridge Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk Irashafelwarchant.com will join us in a bit. Shorter segment here. So that is uh, 15 minutes on Florida State basketball, which leads us to five on Florida State football, uh, which is that uh, I see you, Shage. Uh, you You would like to see... JT Daniels here. I actually, uh, on the subject of a, a transfer portal guy, a quarterback, um, you know, I, I've been strongly in favor of it. Uh, I, I, I want to see, it's not to say the way I once believed that uh, you'd bring somebody in and they'd win that job right away. And I think you have, to, I do think that for the purposes of, um, I guess you would say team chemistry. You want to be careful just who you bring in, but I, I am in favor of it. I, and I think largely, what, without getting into the debate of what Jordan Travis is as a passer, what Jordan Travis is as he gets better and better at the position, I, I think the reason that you would all agree, and that is, this is where when we were arguing about it, like, because I think it, within the fan base, it's interesting. You have people who are like, nah, no, I'm good. Jordan Travis is a starter and he's getting better. And I feel like he'll take another step forward. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily need to bring anybody in to compete with him, that kind of a thing. Well, fine, but you'd still want to bring somebody in to back him up because durability is a question with him. And we do know that, and that's unfortunate, but we do know that if he goes down, and has to miss time for any reason. And I'm not even talking about like a, an elbow injury, which we've seen, or a shoulder injury, which we've seen. But but he's missed time for a variety of ailments. So if that's always going to be the case, or if it's been the case up until now, even even if it's even if you're not going to assume those things, you you want to have a viable backup so that if he is out, you're not automatically going to lose the game. And for Florida State, the bottom line is when he's gone down, when he hasn't been healthy, you you pretty much have no chance to win the game. If you go back to that Florida game, I mean, the time he missed there was critical. So I would just say that, honestly, I, I would always I would always err on the side of having a guy who's going to push my starting quarterback and maybe even win the job. I'm all right with it. I think competition brings out the best in people, and if my guy's not confident enough to be able to hold down the job and gets upset about somebody coming in, then so be it. I would definitely bring somebody in without question. Uh, but I don't know. Again, I wouldn't just bring anybody in. It would have to be the right fit. You're constantly looking for guys that are going to be the right fit. Where Florida State has succeeded in the transfer portal is not – only in upgrading their depth and upgrading their talent at key positions of need, but also getting guys who largely have come in, not all, 
but have largely come in and done what was asked of them, you know, and handled those roles well that have not been guys that, you know, upset the apple cart. It's a, it's a weird balance because you don't ultimately want to build solely through the transfer portal, but certainly you can utilize it to bolster whatever weaknesses you have, and it can carry you over to you are able, you know, to a place where you're able to build people up. Think about what they've done with the offensive line. Think about what, you know, what they're bringing in with that offensive line. You've got to get to a place where you have enough guys on the roster at the position that A, can play, that's always for starters, but B, Allow for the better recruits that you bring in at a high school, at that position, especially anywhere in the trenches, whether you're talking about a defensive lineman, an offensive lineman, any of the guys in the trenches who aren't, unless they're just freaks, right? You, you need to give them time for their body to mature, to get into this weightlifting program, to get into this nutrition program, to build up the requisite strength to be able to handle the beating that those in the trenches take. And I feel like for Florida State, it's been a revolving door of guys who have, in some cases, the ability to play, but are asked to do so way too soon. Then the injuries mount, and where that really affects you is not just because you're lacking the depth of talent needed to compete, but because then those injuries occur, and the offseason is is now ruined for a kid who could have used that time to put on the requisite strength and size. And that's really hurt them time and again. So if you can continue to bring in transfer portal guys at that position, sit other guys, allow them to get stronger. You know, I, I, I think about guys that late in the year looked like they were overmatched. And if you look at, let's say, their bend, their overall ability, their foot quickness, all of those things, technique, there are some guys on that line that you go, they're equipped to play big-time college football. They're equipped to be able to handle what Florida State is asking them to do, but they weren't physically capable of handling the season at this stage of their career. And There's no shame in that. That is true. Uh, when you see the big-time programs, the Georgias and the Alabamas and others that are really dominating, uh, they win the trench is true, and they have elite athleticism and depth of five-star and all those things, and we're all wowed by that, and recruiting does solve a lot of those problems. But what they also have is primarily upperclassmen playing on the offensive line, guys that were given the opportunity to get big, to get strong, to have a chance to succeed against the best teams that they'll face. JT Daniels has entered the portal. Would you want him? Eh, I don't really even – you know. Beset by injury. Beset by injury seemingly is the constant. Uh, so I don't. I don't know. I don't know. We don't really need more of that. <laughs> injury prone is not what I want to lead with. There's a benefit to replacing your roof at the same time that you have solar panels installed. There are opportunities for tax credits specifically. In addition, you don't want to. You definitely want to make sure your roof can handle the weight. Of solar panels and that your roof will not need to be repaired or replaced. If you're thinking about solar panels, don't forget to think about the condition of your roof before you sign a solar panel contract. You're going to want to call T-Spark Enterprises, come out, inspect your roof. The last thing you want to do is have to pay an additional $10,000 plus to remove your newly installed panels to have a new roof put in. T-Spark Roofing and Construction. Give my man a call. Best in the business. Best standards. You'll thank me for it. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Irashafel, Warchant.com joins us next. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. 
head to the uh, phone lines and bring in my man. Irashfelvwarchant.com, who I know is equally as excited as I am about the uh, win over the weekend. And perhaps what sets up to be a, well, it does set up to be a, a fun night, interesting night. Matchup's tough uh, against Duke. Uh, Irish Fell joins us now, Warchant.com. Hello, Ira. How you doing, Jeff? I'm good, man. I'm good. I was really pleased with what Florida State did on the road against Syracuse, getting a win, a revenge win at that. But I don't know that you or me or Corey or anybody on the Warchant staff would have said, you know, the key to that game is Harrison Prado. <laughs> But it turned out to be, in a lot of ways, obviously I'm not going to ignore Caleb Mills lighting it up from three and really seeing Anthony, you know, listen, Raquan Evans step up for the second straight game. So happy for that kid. Wyatt Wilkes emerges and hits some big threes in this game as well. Uh, a lot of other guys I don't want to ignore, but Prado setting up shot on the ACC logo and kind of getting inside that zone created uh, the blueprint, and it was good to see. Yeah, you know, he came in, you know, kind of late in the first half, and, and uh, you really could kind of feel it the first trip down the court. You know, mm-hmm. he knows where to be. Uh, he's obviously been in that system for six years, could basically coach it. And, uh, you know, so he, where he lacks, you know, he doesn't have the height of, of a post player in the ACC. He doesn't have probably the athletic ability of a post player in the ACC, but he does know where to go, and he's a good enough passer and uh, did a good job of kind of moving them around, getting Syracuse's zone to get moved around. And I thought, really, that was the, kind of the, the other key to the game, you know, from my perspective was, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago when FSU was really struggling, uh, there were, you know, the annual calls to, for Leonard Hamilton shortened the bench. Um, and he is, you know, obviously did not do that because he never does that. And I really felt like in these last few games, their depth has really been important. And I think it was again in this game where, they really made Syracuse work. I mean, part of the reason Jim Beheim can get away with playing seven guys is because they they don't expend a ton of energy on defense right. in that zone, and then they don't necessarily push it on offense. But by working them defensively, by moving the ball around, by having you know Harrison in the middle and forcing them to kind of collapse and then kick back out and uh, you know really work them defensively, I thought Florida State kind of started to wear them down. So I you know I thought. Uh, to your point also, you know, some of these guys that haven't been playing well started playing well, and now, you know, when you are when you bring in a new rotation of three or four guys and their same five are out there every minute, uh, you know, and you're bringing in flights of players, you know, I think it really takes its toll, and you're reminded of that when they start playing well, of how big of a toll that is on another team. Yeah, I want to reiterate something because there was no, I mean, unless you're blind, you, you couldn't help but note that for much of the at least the start of the season and really going on into last year, it felt like Raekwon Evans had lost all confidence and just wasn't a player that he once we once thought he could be. I mean, he had shown real signs a, few, a couple of years ago of being a good player, but it had been absent for a long time. And we all understand a lot of stuff has happened off the field, off the court. But this is his second straight double-figure game. And he had 15 points, 5 of 9 from the field. He was 2 of 4 from 3. He was 3-for-3 on the free throw line, had three boards, had five assists, had two steals. His 30 minutes of action, he was outstanding. If he's going to play with confidence, and I know that you're going to get the up-and-down affair with Caleb Mills, but you know we know he's capable any given night of lighting it up. If, if you, and We know Matthew Cleveland's a plus player and is only going to get better as the year goes on, one would think. Florida State now has some options they're going to be lacking, and they did all of this without Malik Osborne 
So you, you don't have your best front court player. This was a big win for them. I don't know if it's big enough for them to emerge and get the upset win tomorrow night, but they're certainly going to enter this game against Duke with a lot of guys playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah, without question. And, and I, you know, really the thing with Raekwon to me is, is if he plays you know, within himself, and I really think that's the case for a lot of these guys, Anthony Polite's another one, that we've seen those two guys in particular have a tendency to try to do too much sometimes. You know, Raekwon, he has the ability to get close to the basket and make some tough shots, but he, there were times where I felt like he forced that and ended up getting a shot block, and now you've got to run out the other way. And you're seeing him being a little bit more selective about doing that. And then with Anthony Polite, you know, look through, look at the stats for him uh, when they were losing, and then look at the last few games when they turned things around. And it's he's rebounding a lot more. He's rebounding a ton. Oh my gosh! I mean, the last three games, I think he's at eight, eight, and seven rebounds mm-hmm. uh, for a wing. And the you know, in early the season, he had some rebounds. But there was a stretch of about seven, eight. I'm not sure, maybe even ten games in the middle there where he wasn't rebounding anymore. He went. He was just shooting and looking to be an offensive player, not doing all the dirty work things that he needs to do. So, um, you know, again, this is we've seen this happen so many times and we started to wonder if it was going to happen with this team. And, and you know, obviously tomorrow is a huge, huge challenge against the number six team in the country, maybe the most talented, <clears throat> one of the most talented teams in the country. But, you know, they're, they're playing now the way they're playing. Guys are playing within themselves. Guys are playing to their strength. And, uh, you know, I think the results are what we've seen on the court. I, I don't know that we have an answer in the middle for this game tomorrow night. I, I, I'm fairly certain this is going to be a, a problem unless we just shoot the lights out. You want to put a percentage chance for State beats Duke tomorrow night at the TLC Double C Oh man, I, you know because of how well um, because of how well they play at home, but yeah. because of that that crowd, and because you know Duke does have some young players who haven't really you know probably played in too many great environments like this. Although they certainly played in front of a lot of people in high school, they're elite players, but. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Thirty percent, okay. percent. I was just trying to get a feel. I was just trying to get a feel yeah. where your head was at. Okay. You know, I mean, I think they got a puncher's chance. I just, uh, you know, as you said, that not having Malik Osborne's a big deal. Leonard, we talked to him this morning, and he said they would get a final answer today, but he was very doubtful uh, that Malik would be able to play. And and um, and you know, for the course of the season, I kind of liked that they did this and, and kind of shut him down for a little bit because he wasn't himself those last few games. Not at all. They were starting to play a little bit better. You could just see he couldn't defend the way he wanted to. Um, he just wasn't. He just didn't have anything in that that ankle. And so by shutting him down, um, you know, you still got the win against Syracuse. Maybe maybe he can come back in time for the Miami game, or maybe maybe a, a game later. But you'd much rather have him for all of February feeling great than to kind of ha- keep this lingering for weeks. It's amazing how quickly things can turn around, and it's a credit again to the coaching staff. Ira, I mean, you and I, we talk on and off the air, and we're realists, and we cover this team, and we look at areas of strength, and we certainly know the way this coaching staff operates and and what are their strengths and also some areas where, you know, you have concerns. Every coaching staff has that. I'm not so sure that we we thought we'd be having this conversation where right now, for now, they've staved off. Uh, what I like to call the uh, the ding ding, uh, and, and 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 right now they're looking like a team. Well, first of all, they're in the top four of the ACC. Yeah. So so we're sitting here no, not not only staving off the NIT, um, and and maybe that's where they end up. Maybe not. I don't know. But they've injected life and belief again into a fan base that has really embraced Florida State basketball, rightfully so, over the last five or six years, and have got those people believing again that this team's capable of making the postseason again and making um, you know some sort of fun run late in the 
the year uh, with a lot on the line. And that's a credit to them because they really look to be uh, a lot of sort of forlorn and confused faces just, uh, just about four games ago. Well, I mean, when you looked at the schedule ahead, you just got blown out by Wake Forest. Right. Who you know is not very good. And then you look at the schedule ahead and you say, okay, you got Louisville and Miami who are both playing really well at the time. Now Louisville's gone into a spin. Well, they've but fallen Miami, off the cliff, yeah. But Miami's been playing well. Uh, and then you're going to have a road trip to Syracuse, which is always hard just because of you know the, the arena and the way they play. And then you had Duke coming in, you know, top 10 team. And then you had another trip to Miami. And it just felt like, you know, where are the wins going to come from? Right. You know, and, and but then they go out and they win those three games, and now you feel like uh, you've got a pretty good chance against uh, Miami, or you feel like you got a good chance, pretty good chance against Miami on the road if you keep playing the way you've been playing. Uh, and then Duke, you know, obviously you have to have uh, just a tremendous performance to beat that team, but it's not like they're unbeatable. You know, they they lost to Miami at home. Uh, they are playing better now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think to me. That's the biggest thing is that, you know, it's, it's, it's given us all, it's kind of reminded us all of what they could do, but it also, where you, where you touched on earlier, you know, it's got to kind of reinvigorate some of those players. I mean, they were, uh, you know, some of the players, you know, we, do, we always talk about how great the culture is for FSU basketball, and it is really good. It's a great program. But even in the last few games, after the last few games, the players have talked about getting more buy-in from the younger players, and it's not as if they were reluctant to buy in, but it just gives them a, a, a some validation that what I'm being told to do is going to work, and and I need to follow that and not deviate and freelance. And I'm guessing we were probably seeing some of that in those games before that. So so it's a big deal, man. They're all on the same page. They seem to be uh, you know coming together, and, and maybe they can make a run and, and not just make it to a tournament, but again maybe have a maybe even a decent seed. It's always matchups and things like that. They also gave themselves some wiggle room. Always appreciate it, brother. Be well. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. Yep. If you think about, uh, by the way, it's IrishFLWarchant.com. If you think about what we're talking about here, the three straight wins over Louisville, Miami, after getting blown up by Wake Forest, 76-54. The three straight wins, uh, 79-70 over Louisville, 65-64 in that electrifying game against Miami at the TLCCC uh, uh, last week. And then at Syracuse, 76-71. You're in a position to withstand potential losses. I'm not going to assume anything here, but that is a really good Duke team that presents a real matchup problem for us to, uh, tomorrow. And then you're on the road against Miami, who is in first place in the ACC. Their lone loss coming to you. You know they're going to want to avenge that. Let's just say, for argument's sake, it plays out according to the odds. And the odds makers will have Duke and Miami both, uh, I think, significant favorites over Florida State. I say significant, especially if you consider we're playing here where we've been so good. To have Duke favored tells you just how um, you know how good that team is. But let's say you are to lose those games. You turn right around after that by giving yourself the kind of wiggle room that we alluded to. You're at Georgia Tech, who you're better than. You don't assume wins in the ACC, but you've got a real good chance to win the game. Then you're hosting Virginia Tech, and then you're at Clemson, who's just been terrible. And I know it's there, but they just got done losing at home again. So if if by chance you follow these two matchups and you get to 500 in the ACC, you get to late January, those are three eminently winnable games and a revenge match against Wake Forest after that at home. You could you could very well be in a very nice position as we get into mid-February when you got to go on the road against North Carolina and on the road at Duke. You could have the requisite grace within the schedule that gives you an opportunity to to withstand some losses and still make the NCAA tournaments. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV.
The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Oh, what do we have here? Dabo Sweeney has decided that... uh, Hey, the transfer portal's not so bad after all. Go ahead and bring in a quarterback. You don't say. That shouldn't surprise anybody. Good Lord. If you have money sitting around doing nothing, that ain't good. You probably have it in CDs or savings accounts because you want it safe. You want to have access to it. But how much is that costing your beneficiaries? Unfortunately, millions of people die each year with money that sat around and did nothing for the spouses and children it left behind. What if you could take that lazy money and put it into action by providing your beneficiaries with a significant increase in the death benefit value of your money? And in some cases, what if you could do that while getting some long-term care benefits for yourself and a money-back guarantee? That's right. A death benefit, long-term care benefits, and access to your money at any time. For more information and your legacy enhancement kit, just call my friend Pete Tyson at 850-523-6118. That number again is 850-523-6118. Preservation Financial Group will be there to help out. Quote, I initially reached out to Coach Sweeney to honestly see if he had any GA spots available, said Hunter Johnson, former five-star recruit that initially... Committed to Clemson back where he signed in 2017. Then he went to Northwestern. Now he's back at Clemson. This despite the uh, adamant insistent that uh, insistence from one Dabo Sweeney that he just wouldn't do it. We don't bring in transfer portals. We're just it's beneath us. Until it's not. Until we're not getting what we want at the quarterback position. And then it's, then it's not beneath you at all. Yeah, not surprisingly... Going back to the start of this show, I do see now where there is consideration that you're going to uh, to make a move in Dallas. Yes. Death's door, 80, and a disappointing first-round exit means things get sped up. And uh, Jerry doesn't have time for that. I'm not one to, on a Monday, necessarily talk golf, but I will on a holiday Monday because did you see Matsuyama shot from 270 yards away in the playoff? Doing some things. 277. I've watched that shot several times over, understanding that's never going to be in my bag, but it was in his, and that's on a fade with it all on the line. And it was insane, not to mention that uh, he led the field in putting for the first time in his career. If he's going to putt it, he's going to win, and he's going to win a lot because he's sensational in most every other area. My golf fantasy picks turned out well since Matsuyama was one of them. But I also had Corey Connors, who I felt very good about going into that tournament, and I'm just happy that we're at a place where these things are going to be weekly and we get to get excited again by... Uh, you know, horses for courses and guys that emerge and all that stuff. That was a thrilling playoff win. It's good to have it in the midst of all of this. You have college basketball. You've got the NHL. We're getting to a place in the NBA where you have a better sense of what's what. NFL playoffs to boot. Man, 
throw in the PGA Tour, there's never a dull moment. There's rarely a dull moment. You had the uh, Irishman too, right? Yeah, uh, Seamus Power. Power, yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I had a banner weekend. Uh, there was uh, had a lot of guys that I felt very good. I'll tell you what. If I'm really going to brag, I also had uh, Lee L I. Uh, I had him as well. I took a flyer on him. Never heard of him in my life. Took him because I read an article about his play coming into the tournament. Not going to lie about that. And how, as a ball striker, the play set up well for him. And that in the you, you go. It's just like anything else. It's just like when you're picking prize picks or whatever. You're looking at guys, courses set up for them, matchups set up for them, whatever it might be. But you also are looking at guys where when you get down to that low salary range, where you know, like like if you if you're gonna spend ten thousand plus in a fifty thousand six man team, right? And you're gonna spend ten thousand dollars on a Deki Matsuyama or Russell Henley or somebody like that, then you're gonna need to find a real bargain basement price on a guy that makes the cut, just makes the cut. And Lee was the guy that a lot of people thought his upside would be huge in this. He ended up finishing top 15. So, you know, you get him, you get Corey Connors, you get Seamus Power, and then you spend a little bit on Hideki Matsuyama. You've got a nice little squad. Not enough to win the whole thing. Somebody out there winning $100,000 in the thing I was at. It just drives me nuts. One of these times, one of these times, Matthew, and when it happens, brother, it'll be a big day at the office. I don't know that we'll talk about anything else. Uh, there will be no FSU basketball talked about on that show. No, there wouldn't be on that day. It would all be about how much money I just won. Do you trust Zach Taylor this weekend and the Bengals to call plays like a man? Because he drives me nuts. I was glad there was an article about this. For much of the year, he did not call plays that would favor a young gunslinger and a unique talent in Jamar Chase at wide receiver. Uh, you know, what ends up happening a lot of times is it's it's – so much of the underneath stuff, but he's done a better job of really kind of relying on Burrow to make good decisions and throwing on first and second down. And they documented that. Over the first half of the year, Cincinnati, 20th in early down pass rate. Uh, A lot of frustrations. They were running the football all the time. And on Saturday, he reverted to his old ways. He called runs on 21 of 47 first and second downs. Those run plays lost the Bengals uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 4.8 expected points, and only 19% of them produce a positive EPA, according to uh, the website rbsdm.com. Now, not wanting to get too bogged down in those numbers, we look at we do look at a lot of these things. It's just a better way of understanding the game, or at least gleaning information that helps you uh, better assess what is going on, patterns in play calling, uh, decisions being made based on personnel. And anything that can add to a greater understanding of that is not a bad thing. It's just one that further illuminates. But when you do that, you put your quarterback, think back to the Bucks a year ago when they were not throwing on first down and how Tom and I came in here on a daily basis saying they've got to start throwing the ball on first down. Why would you not trust Tom Brady on neutral downs, on downs where defenses have to honor everything in the playbook? And, you know, that's, we know statistically this is true of all offenses, but especially if you've got an above-average quarterback, if you give them more trust in the passing game on neutral downs, they're going to 
be more efficient. They're going to have greater chances to succeed. And when you're costing them by putting yourself behind the chains time and again because you run the ball on first and second down and then third and long is inevitable or third and even average is inevitable, that is not good. That favors a defense. But here's the deal. Burrow constantly bails Zach Taylor out, and he did in this game as well. He converted five of those 12 long third down attempts. That's enough to avoid uh, a loss. It's just enough to keep things going. But Burrow has constantly bailed him out with play calling. I think this game, maybe maybe more than even the last two weeks where he lit it up, uh, probably, I mean, it's a playoff game is why. It's a playoff game with a lot on the line, and he's making throws that you have to make to win a football game. I mean, that, if, that, if that doesn't allow you to just turn it over to him, I mean, at this point, I'm of the, the place where I just turn it all over to him. I think he's proven already that I can trust him to throw him first time. Was that minutes or seconds? Because we still got to go with bets. That's what I thought. Cue it up, man. We'll get to some right now. I, I've got a couple that I like right here. We'll, uh, Big Daddy's here for you. Hey, Big Daddy. Having some red rushes tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Into an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy. An empty net. He scores. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. Woo! You got to jump on the lines early for divisional round stuff. Early on, you see this with the Titans as a favorite, minus three and a half. Okay. Going to dance around and look at it. I'll make some greater decisions or some more in-depth decisions tonight as it pertains to the National Football League. But for now... You go with fun, oftentimes sidebar player stats. A lot of the stuff that we talk about, like, so for example, rushing yards tonight for Kyler Murray, over, under 38 and a half. I'm going over. Agreed. I think for them to win, he's got to go over. So also, you want another prop bet, another fun prop bet? Cardinals, Rams. Longest touchdown run over or under 42 and a half yards. Touchdown run. Touchdown run. Mm, it's a toughie, isn't it? Under. Over or under 33 and a half passing attempts for Kyler Murray tonight? Oh, over. I Not think he's a, he's averaging like yeah. 40, 45 they, they in the throw, past five they, games. They like throw the hell out of the ball. And my guess is they're not going to trust themselves to line up and run it either. I agree with you. Uh, I also, you know, an early line here that I think is fascinating, and I don't know if I would jump on this, but I may turn it into, as the week goes on, certainly, a little bit of a, a, a teaser-pleaser here. I could get. The Packers, I mean, excuse me, the 49ers right now at plus six and turn that into a plus 12 and pair it with something? It's something to look at. Anyhow, tonight, you and I, we've come to the conclusion that we're going to go with the over on the running for 38.5 Kyler Murray. That's the bet tonight. I'd play Zach Ertz over 51, too, with Hopkins out. I like it. I like where your head's at. Good work out of you, sir. Thanks to all of you. Happy Martin Luther King Day Jr., everybody. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back with you tomorrow for some of the headlines. Be good.